who who are the only two people who have been shot in the back of the head in a theater? Lincoln and the guy in front of Paul Rubin. <laughs> Radio Drone. It might be a Thursday night, it might be a Friday night, it might be a Monday night. Who knows what night it is that you're listening to this. Cecil and I aren't even recording this Radio Drome on our regular night. Not going into why, that's private. But I am Josh Hadley, welcome to Radio Drome. With me is Cecil! I don't even know what's real anymore. You shouldn't. And Peter's not here because of the fact that we're not recording this on our regular night. He was unavailable. So, I'm sure Peter would have some nice snide remarks to make about tonight's topic. Before we get to that, though, what you guys need to do is find something to stick up your butt. What you need to do is go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DRONE. And you will get 10 free gifts on top of whatever butt toy. It doesn't have to be a butt toy. It can be lots of other things. Whatever you get, you'll get six free DVDs, a free mystery gift, a gift for him, gift for her, and free U.S. shipping. All you have to do is use the promo code DRONE at adamandeve.com. That said, Cecil, did you see the news the week that we're recording this? Bill Cosby has finally been charged in one of the 59 rape accusations against him right now. He's been busy. Yeah. Obviously, this puts him back in the spotlight and not in a positive way. So a lot of people are talking about how his legacy is dead. I've seen so many articles about how Bill Cosby, his legacy's gone. You can never watch a Cosby show or anything again without seeing this. Even with just 59 accusations, I'm pretty sure he did it, you know? I mean, you can't have that many different women from that many different points in time telling the same story and not it kind of something in your brain go, you know what, it's probably true, at least partially. Whether he did it or not, are you ever able to watch a Bill Cosby movie or something again, especially the family-friendly stuff, without something in the back of your head going, I wonder how many women on set he raped? I have a good ability to separate the art from the artist and uh, not um, excusing what he may or may not have done. But, uh, the, I mean, he wasn't the only one that worked on the show. Now, granted, uh, like something like the Cosby show or his movies or whatever, there were you know other castmates. There were people uh, producing the show, working on the show, working behind the scenes. And so it wasn't just all falling on him. I don't know. I, I can still I'm going to I'm going through a little bit of a turmoil because uh, I really, really loved uh, Bill Cosby himself. I thought it was one of the best like stand up routines ever. I, I used to I used to think that until I saw his uh, 60th anniversary special. I thought that was actually better than himself. I thought it, it was funnier. He was more animated. I'm not I'm not pissing on himself. I thought that was hilarious. I actually mm -hmm. thought he outdid himself with his uh, at 60 special. Well, I think I mean the 60 special was was great too. Uh, it was it was tremendous. But uh, I, like himself just had a special place in my heart, and I was looking forward to because because there's a lot of you know his life and and growing up with his family and stuff and. I was looking forward to when my son got a little bit older to like sitting down and letting him watch that too. And now like that's one thing where like I more than likely won't show it to him because he'll grow up 
never knowing Bill Cosby as, you know, Cliff Huxtable, the the loving father and all this, he'll by that point, he'll probably know, you know, who, you know, he either won't know who he is at all or, you know, he'll just be the, the, that guy who raped a bunch of women. It's so I mean, for for me, like I could still watch like some of his movies and uh, like the Cosby show and stuff. And it's it's a little odd, but I can disassociate the two things. But his stand up specials and stuff, it is a little that that's where it gets a little weird because it's just him for the most part, with the exception of like the cameramen and maybe whoever's directing it. So it's it's a little that's a little bit more personal. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a very weird thing. Speaking of Bill Cosby, what about all of the ground he broke? Does his his actions? I mean, he, he's these accusations go all the way back to the late '60s, so they've only come to light since I think it was 2005. Do his actions that we now know about taint the legacy of all the ground he broke? Because Bill Cosby was the first black actor to ever receive equal screen credit and equal pay on television for I Spy. And, and ironically enough, that was at Robert Culp, the white actor's insistence, because Robert Culp was a good freaking guy. You know, Bill Cosby broke all this ground with that. He broke all this ground breaking into middle America in the 80s. He broke all this ground with the 70s Cosby show. I mean, he broke a lot of racial boundaries. Does this forever taint the racial boundaries that he broke? Because you're seeing black people turn on him almost more than white people. Well, I'm not surprised uh, to see so many black people turning on him because he was labeled an Uncle Tom a while ago when he was bringing up really valid points where he was like... I know, uh, as a white person, I agreed with his points about how they're disparaging black culture by like the pants hanging off your ass and stuff. Yeah, the, the pants hanging off your half ears and stuff, not being educated, reveling in the fact that you're not educated. I mean, even Chris Rock did the whole thing where I'm keeping it real. And Chris Rock's like, yeah, real dumb. But uh, Cosby, uh, he was doing a lot of his shows and he was going on uh, talk shows and whatnot, talking about how disgusted he was that people like him and, and other uh, people uh, in the black community had worked so hard to get bring up black culture and whatnot and you have all these rappers and whatnot who are walking around with their hats on you know half halfway and mispronouncing things making up new words that don't make any sense wearing their pants around their ass being not, proud of being a high school dropout yeah being proud of being a, a, a high school dropout or a drug dealer or a gangster and it's like that's not somebody to idolize you want to idolize some you know somebody somebody who went to school somebody who bettered themselves somebody who made something of themselves not you know got lucky with a record contract because you can string a couple of words together not disparaging all rap i just think that uh, there was a lot of 80s and 90s rap that was really good and this current wave of rap hip-hop it, it revels more in just idiocy what rap needs is more chuck d's and less snoop dogs sorry no, snoop even lions even even snoop lion dog Ch whatever chuck the fuck. d is a great writer even if oh, i yeah. don't like rap I don't see a modern-day Chuck... I, I actually heard somebody say that Kanye West is a modern-day Chuck D, and I want to oh, punch them in the face. God, no. Because Chuck D didn't have that fucking attitude that uh, that, that Kanye Chuck does. Chuck D was also educated. Yeah, exactly. It, Kanye opens his mouth and just sounds like a complete asshole. He's somebody you would not be able to have... You, He's somebody who thinks he's educated, 
but he just it, you as soon as he opens his mouth, you can tell that he's an idiot. <laughs> I, I think you mean like Spike Lee. Oh God, Spike I, Lee. Okay, I and this is not. I I don't like him because he's black. Because I think there are directors like John Singleton is a fantastic director, very smart. Tell doesn't stories. get half the credit. Doesn't get half the credit that Spike Lee does for whatever reason. John Spike Singleton Lee is, is a great the, director. Spike Lee is one of the worst black filmmakers I've ever seen. Actually, he's one of the worst filmmakers I've ever seen. Straight up. Yeah, uh, he I think just came out at like the wrong the wrong. He came out at the right time. Like his stuff just hit. He had um do the right thing. It hit that right moment, and it was good enough. But everything with the I kind of like Summer of Sam, but every other movie of his, I think, is just shot poorly and is, is just not good. Like, I don't like uh, any of his stuff. And I've seen as I believe I've seen it all back to back to Bill Cosby, though. Uh, it's weird because he has done so much. And I don't think that. I mean, it's going to be hard to um, disassociate that with uh, with what he's done, with what he's done in the past. But I think that by trying to taint the legacy, like there's people that are just going to really push it and try to undermine everything that he's done. And I, it, it sucks, but there are a lot of bad people that have done good things. So I, I don't think that by striking him from the history book, so to speak, is going to make things better. What about sticking with sexual allegations? What about like Stephen Collins? Uh, now, you're a little younger than me, so did you grow up watching Tales of the Gold Monkey or did you catch it in syndication at all? Caught a little bit of it. Um, when when was that? I don't even remember. 86? 82. It was unfortunately called a uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark ripoff, but it wasn't. It was a Raiders of the Lost Ark riding the wave. It was, this type of thing is in now, let's do this. It's got almost no similarities to Raiders of the Lost Ark other than, you know, it's the same style of thing. I loved Tales of the Gold Monkey. To me, Stephen Collins, even more than Decker in Star Trek The Motion Picture, or, you know, that Seventh Heaven crap he did later, Stephen Collins was Jake Cutter. That was what Stephen Collins was. Uh, about two years ago, a recording came out of him admitting to his ex-wife that he sexually molested their daughter numerous times over when she was about 12 years old, over a period of years. That has forever tainted how I look at Tales of the Gold Monkey. I cannot see this somewhat lecherous but lovingly so Jake Cutter freewheeling adventurer anymore. For some reason, I can't in this case. To me, Stephen Collins has destroyed tales of the gold monkey to me that one's really tough because <laughs> not saying that what cosby did was good but there is a special place with pedophilia that just makes it it's like okay this is really wrong what he did was not just pedophilia it was incestuous pedophilia he molested his own daughter so it's incest too yeah all right well that just yeah that makes it even like worse. that's the thing it, it's so it, it's just there there are things that are bad and then it's just levels of bad it's like okay this is really bad okay that's so much worse because i'm i'm sure that uh this girl's life is just has never been right since then it's just horrible um i i honestly I knew him more uh, from seventh heaven because my my wife uh really loved seventh heaven and um that did kind of ruin it because it's like, all right, well, you know, he's Wasn't supposed he a preacher to be... on that, too. Yeah, he was a preacher and he had this huge family and he was like the loving, like really smart 
you know, guy who could uh, who, who always knew the right thing to say and everything. It's it's just a weird thing. That's one. I don't know. That one's a little tougher because I'm not quite as uh, not connected, but I, I don't have it like with Bill Cosby's stuff. I kind of grew up with a little bit more. And with his stuff, with Stephen Collins, uh, I mean, I, I saw um, Gold Monkey and Syndication. I really did like it. And I watched uh, Seventh Heaven on and off more for um, uh, Jessica Biel. But with, with me, that's one where I really don't care as much. I mean, not saying that it's, I'm, I'm excusing what he's done, but... I, if I never see another episode of Seventh Heaven again, it won't matter. And if I don't see Tales from the Gold Monkey again, I, I won't be uh, too heartbroken. All right. Well, what about probably the the other big elephant in the room other than Bill Cosby? And that would be Mel Gibson. After his numerous Jew rants and then the I hope you get raped by a pack of niggers thing to his wife and all this. I mean, has Mel Gibson completely destroyed his entire persona. I mean, it got so bad. And I'm not commenting on the quality of the movie, but he was supposed to be the crazy tattoo artist in Hangover 2 in a cameo. The cast was so offended by that. They said, I won't be in a scene with Mel Gibson. Has Mel Gibson completely destroyed all of his credibility with his Jew and nigger rants? Okay, here's what I find hilarious about the Mel Gibson thing. They didn't want to work with him over something that he said. Meanwhile... They were ha- they had no problem working with Mike Tyson, who beat his wife repeatedly. Also like, with all of the tranny jokes in that movie, remember? Uh-huh. It's like, okay, wait a minute. You don't like he like that's what kills me about a lot of stuff today. What people say is almost it's it's oftentimes worse than what people do. And the thing that I I like I have zero issues with with Mel Gibson for a couple of reasons. Number one, the thing was what he said, the the rant that everybody heard was private. It was a private conversation that his now ex-girlfriend, wife, whatever, she recorded it with the intense purpose of releasing it to the public to make him look horrible to try to get some more money out of him. And the thing was, we only heard parts of the conversation, basically the parts that she released. We don't know what she said or did up to that point to get him that riled up and then to sit back and, oh, why are you saying these things? And he's just flipping out because, I mean, when you're in an argument with somebody, especially a really heated, passionate argument with somebody that just drives you to the brink, you say a lot of stuff that you don't necessarily mean. Now, I know he's, you know, they're all calling him, you know, anti-Semitic, uh, you know, Mel and all that. But you've had since then a lot of uh, Jewish people uh, in the industry that stood up for him and he's working again. So obviously they, you know, it's not that big of a deal to them that, uh, you know, he said some stuff some bad things. So I I really think that that was a private conversation that no one should have heard that tainted and screwed up his career for a little while. But honestly, it's something that we should all, you know what? It 
like like the people that are swagging their nose at him have never said anything awful in the heat of the moment, have never said something horrible when you're passionate and angry and just furious. You're in traffic and somebody cuts you off and you don't scream the worst thing you can think of at them. I, I think that there's a lot of hypocrites that were throwing him under the bus. I I, I, I kind of disagree. I kind of agree with you, and I kind of disagree with you on that. With Mel Gibson, I think he's a fantastic actor. He's a fantastic director. He has rage issues. Just uh, again, you know, secretly released audio. Oh, have oh, you heard? Australian. Have you heard the Joe Esterhouse rant? No, I never heard the. Well, believe me, I've heard some stories about Joe Esterhouse. No, so no, no. This was Mel saying, Gibson yelling imagine, at Joe Esterhouse. But what I'm saying is that I I know some Joe Esterhouse stories, so I can kind of understand why somebody would be yelling at him. It's actually kind of funny. If it, it Mel Gibson's rant, if it were in a sitcom, I would have laughed at it, knowing it was really happening, made it kind of creepy. But like he, he, Mel Gibson clearly has rage issues. No matter what the ex-wife thing was, he was in full rage mode. He was in full rage mode at Joe Esterhout. I I think the guy has anger issues, but I still think he's a fantastic actor and a fantastic director. So there's that. Yeah, but you know, well, he's he's Australian, and I know a lot, there's a lot of angry Australians. Technically, he's not. He was born well, in America. He was raised in Australia. He was raised in Australia. Technically, okay. he is American still. Well, you know, I yeah, it, technicality. But uh, and I'm just joking that I don't have a, the Australians aren't all angry. I Christ, I, I have a lot of people that I, a lot of people that listen that are from We're going to be doing an exploitation episode in like a month. I love exploitation. I really just was throwing a bad joke out there. It was a bit. Look, I'm tired. What do you want out of me? <laughs> we don't normally do this on Monday nights. You ruined but, it. Uh, we know Well, you could bleep that out. What, what about and I brought this up. Obviously, I think it was in the era prior to you, but the other big one, Roman Polanski. To me, Roman Polanski is such a scum I will never willingly watch another one of his films. And I get sick when I hear people like Johnny Depp defend Roman Polanski. Johnny Depp actually said Roman Polanski is such a genius that sometimes they do these kind of things. <laughs> what, drugging and sodomizing a 13-year-old girl and then running when you get caught? I don't care how good of a director you are. Roman Polanski is a piece of shit. Anyone who defends Roman Polanski is a piece of shit. I don't yes, care it. if his movies are fantastic. He's a piece of shit. Didn't uh, Whoopi Goldberg say, you know, well, it wasn't rape-rape. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't, like, I, I huh? Like, how? Because it's, so it's sodomizing a drugged 13-year-old girl. I mean, come on, that's not rape-rape, right? I didn't realize that there was, oh, well, he raped the girl. Well, no, it wasn't rape-rape. Oh, well, I didn't know that there was another kind of rape. <laughs> the, the the Roman Pulaski thing, like I said, to me, that's kind of like uh, the, the Bill Cosby thing. He he's made he has made some really good movies. He he personally is a piece of shit, and I'm not excusing what he's done at all. It's ridiculous that if somebody who they didn't like, like let's say Uwe Boll got you know busted for rape and then like fled uh, the country, you think these people would be like standing up for him or whatnot? It's just because he's somebody who's talented who uh, they've worked with. And they don't want to admit that he's a piece of garbage. So I think that um, he he should be held accountable for what he's done. He instead of uh, you know getting away with it like he did because he fled the country and uh, all these people that are acting like he's never done it. Like I'm not saying that 
he hasn't done anything wrong. He he has done something something wrong. He should be held accountable for it. But I could still personally watch his movies. Okay, stronger man than I am in that account. But then you've got you've got the the one that I think is indefensible, and that's Victor Silva. For those that I, I got to give a little history since he's one of the more obscure ones on this. So Victor Silva, for those that don't know, he made a movie in the '90s called Clown House. It starred a 13-year-old boy. Victor Silva is a pedophile. Turned out he forced that 13-year-old boy to have oral sex with him on a regular basis and videotaped it all because he's a complete psychopath. And he, he raped the kid, and then he would beat him to keep him silent. And he was this was the star of his movie, too. What a, That's total psychopath. Well, Victor Silva did his time. He did three years in prison. And then when he got out, everyone said, you know what? He's done his time. Maybe it's okay. Every movie he's made since then is full of shirtless, just in their underwear, David Dakota style teenage boys. And you're like, he was convicted of raping a teenage boy. How can you defend a Victor Silva movie when you're going, this motherfucker is living out his fantasies and you're paying him to do it? How can anyone defend Victor Silva? The, the thing with Victor Silva that, that I, I laugh at. He's not even a good director. God. Yeah, honestly, uh, he. His stuff could, I don't want to say could be done by anybody because that's a weak, you know, argument, but it could be done by somebody like, I mean, there, there are plenty of other directors who basically could come out there and do pretty much what he does. Like what I thought was funny in, in a um, very bad way, like, I don't know how to describe it, like funny, uh, just in a Not morbid, ha -ha funny, funny, funny in a morbid way was that. He gets convicted and goes to jail for pedophilia. And I mean, and he's 100% guilty. There's no, you know, well, maybe he was, no, he, he never even was, claimed he wasn't guilty. I mean, he had, there was videotaped evidence. He would have been stupid to go, wasn't me. Yeah, he completely got busted. But what happens? He comes out and he gets a job working for Disney. His, his big movie that kind of put him back on the map Powder. was a was powder and it was a freaking Disney movie. And, and did I, you notice it was also full of lots of locker room scenes of boys in their underwear? Yeah, hot, right? But you look at it and you go, it's this really... guy was convicted of the, he's working out his sexual fantasies through these movies. Jeepers Creepers, lots of scenes of boys in their underwear. Jeepers Creepers 2, same thing. Powder was probably the worst cuz I mean they just would have like like the the main It was gratuitous in Powder. It was it was very gratuitous in Powder and uh, I didn't know uh much like you know a lot of people and know that you know no Victor Silva was and then it's like hey this movie's got a lot of kind of what the hell and then oh uh, oh like what <laughs> why is this guy working on a Disney movie which I think is hilarious because it and again you know morbid hilarious they they wouldn't like Disney probably would never work with Mel Gibson over what he said meanwhile here is a guy who forced a 13 year old to blow him and they have no problem working with them. Like that's that's horrible. That is so much worse. You like the worst thing on the planet you could ever say will still never be as bad as that. And, and that's just ridiculous. But okay, then but then what about with Victor Silva? How is he still making movies? Why what I mean like he's making another movie with Joel Silver right now. How can Joel Silver go, "You know what? This guy, I really like something about this guy. His style." It's like, no, Victor Silva, people need to stop giving him money. Two reasons. Number one, most of the general public is completely unaware of what he's done. Number two, his movies make money. 
Those are the two things. As long as there's no public outcry and he continues to make money, he will continue to work. Well, I'm going to change the topic slightly. I'm just going to go on a slight diversion here. Because I, I talked about how his director trait is, you know, teenage boys in their underwear for Victor Silva. What about when you notice certain director's traits in their movies? Things that just come up again and again and again and again to the point where you start going, you know what, I think they're really like this or they really have something like this. Like whenever you watch a Lucio Fulci movie, you know somebody's getting an eyeball that's abused. <laughs> you just know it's going to happen. I, I remember you know, like the first time I saw Massacre Time, the Franco Nero Western he directed. Really good movie, by the way, except for the fact that when the horses run into the minefield, this is an Italian film from the 70s. I know that they're really blowing horses up. But other than that, it was... Okay, not will someone have their eye abused in this movie? It's it's Lucio Fulci. At what point in the movie will someone have their eye abused in this movie? I mean, have, yes. you, have you noticed that the Fulci can't can't make a movie without somebody getting their eyes messed up? Yeah, and it always makes me cringe because that that's one of my hot buttons, like seeing seeing an eye uh, get gouged. Ugh. You know, New York just... New York Ripper is the worst. Oh my God, I can't sit through that scene. New York Ripper. And uh, it's not a full. I can sit movie. through zombie better than I can New York Ripper for that's for those eye the eye to porn thing. Yeah, and it's not a Fulci movie, but uh, Thriller has that yeah. uh, that eye scene where they used a corpse. So it's real. So it's real. Oh, it seems so much worse. It's like, oh. oh no. Well, I mean, you have other director trademarks like Quentin Tarantino. You know, every one of his films is going to have somebody with lots of shots of bare feet. Quentin Tarantino clearly has a foot fetish. Every single one of his films, I haven't seen Hateful Eight yet, so I can't say, but it's probably in Hateful Eight as well. Every single one of his films is about foot fetishists. It really is. And the thing is, the the like, I don't I don't see a problem with, I mean, it, it, there is a lot of uh, foot, like, I think I noticed it the most in uh, From Dust Till Dawn and in Kill um, Kill Bill. Kill Bill Volume 1 when she's trying to move. When she's trying to move her big toe. You know, that's like, you know, and then I was like, God damn. Uma actually, Uma actually, Thurman's got some gigantic feet. <laughs> also, Death Proof had quite a bit when she's painting her toenails for an extended dialogue scene because, uh, you know, Tarantino clearly has a foot fetish. But that's like, but the thing is, okay, he's got a foot fetish. On, on the scale of things that are bad, it doesn't even like register. Well, I mean, you know, it even comes down to, like, Sons of Anarchy. The creator of Sons of Anarchy, he, he, he either is really into or really afraid of male-on-male -male rape. In the six seasons of that show, there were 47 different male-on-male -male rape scenes, mostly in a prison setting, to the point where you go, dude, are you working something out here? There's a lot of dudes fucking dudes in this, and you're married to Katie Seagal. So, I mean, sometimes you can just tell that they're working something out, like, like a Rob Zombie movie. He, his are a little harder to nail down, but you you watch like the the two Halloween remakes and Lords of Salem and all that, and you go, dude, you've got issues you're working through, aren't you? When you direct, you kind of pull from personal experiences and and where you feel not not so much comfortable, but like stuff that you would like to bring to the table. You know, the the best directors are the ones who have something beyond just a good eye for the camera. And uh, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I mean, if uh, if they want to bring that into the picture or they want to uh, do something like that in their movie, that's their prerogative. And a lot of times, and I'd say more often than not, it makes the movie better. Well, it sometimes happens, I'm not going to go to a movie here, but a comic book with a writer like Frank Miller. 
you get Frank Miller's views, which have been vindicated by all the lawsuits against him by his various female assistants. He sees women as two ways. You're a whore or you're a ball buster. Read any Frank Miller comic, even going back to the early 80s to now. Those are the only two types of women. You are either a complete whore or if you are not a whore and, a, and you're a woman, you are a complete dyke ball buster. Those are the only types of women he has. And, it's, and then you find out from all the lawsuits, like I said, that's how he really pictures women. You're either a whore or a dyke. And it's kind of like, well, that really takes his writing down a peg, doesn't it? That that one, it's weird because, I mean, he, he kind of like, what are what are the lawsuits on him? Like uh, just he, what he, what gone, sexual harassment kind of stuff? Or? Uh, yeah, he, he's gone through quite a he's gone through a large number of female personal assistants who his girlfriend's thrown bloody tampons on. He's verbally abused. He has he's sexually harassed. And there's like three or four of them at this point to the point where you go, you know what? If this were one of his comic books, that would fit perfectly. But this is now real life. Yeah, it's, uh, eh, that one's, I don't know. That one's weird. So, I mean, you know, sometimes you can, you can tell a certain director's traits when you watch their movies, certain things that they love, certain things that they don't. Like, you know, Rob Zombie loves 1970s television and music, even when and, it has no place in the story. And he loves showing his wife's ass. She will not show her boobs. They mentioned that on the on the Devil's Rejects commentary. She will not do nude, but she'll show her butt. That's a weird line to tread it just to me. There there you know what? There are a lot of women who don't consider showing their ass nudity. Maybe because you can show your ass on network television, but you can't show your boobs? I, I don't know what the mindset is, but there are a lot of people. Who like women are like, yeah, you know, like they'll send a picture of their ass or they'll pull their pants down or something. But like, yeah, the boobs. I mean, oh, my God. No, I'm, I'm not that kind of what. <laughs> but but your ass. <laughs> you know, like, I, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, to me, that seems more intimate. But I, who knows? I, I don't have that mindset, but I'm not a woman showing my ass. It's true. Well, let's swing this back to personalities. Now, what about some of the arguably funnier ones that ruin their career? Like. Paul Rubens, you know, he's caught jerking off in a porno theater and he's Pee Wee Herman. His career took a long time to set straight again to the point where you, st I mean, even he in that last special he had like two or three years ago where he came back as Pee Wee was making fun of the fact that he got caught jerking off in a, in a porno theater. D does something like that, like jerking off in a porno theater and being arrested for that, should that taint how you see say Pee Wee Herman or even the vampire he played in the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie? Or does his, this is crack. Did that taint the Pee Wee Herman legacy more than, you know, him spanking it? I, I the, the thing with, with Pee Wee Herman and, and getting busted in the porn theater, uh, he, <laughs> he tried to get away with it. And that was what got him busted. I mean, you, I mean, everybody's seen the, uh, the mugshot by now. If somebody didn't say that was Pee Wee Herman, you wouldn't know it was Pee Wee Herman. What happened when he got busted in the theater, he tried to like use his, uh, star status to get out of it. He was like, no, don't, don't you, know, you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? And if he would have just taken his lumps and you know that then no one would have ever heard of it but it was like i'm Pee Wee herman you're Pee Wee herman oh and then you know the the tabloids got a hold of it and then next thing you know uh yeah Pee Wee's playhouse is off the air and and he's in deep doo-doo and and there's a uh, you know uh, no more uh Pee Wee herman stuff for uh quite a long time so uh that one honestly if something like that happened today i i think that uh a lot of people would probably just be like meh 
Like it wouldn't. I think a lot I, of people would wonder. There's still porn theaters. Yeah, like, yeah. Seriously, I don't people. What? There's porn theaters? Where? I want to go. I, <laughs> get my raincoat. Pete Chirilla has the great joke. Who who are the only two people who have been shot in the back of the head in a theater? Lincoln and the guy in front of Paul Rubin. <laughs> Uh, so, like, I think that uh, that one that one's more funny than anything. And that's totally like, I don't think that uh, it's particularly the right thing to do. I mean, it's, I mean, God, but I mean, I grew up more or less with uh, relatively easy access to porn. So I never uh, I never had the want or need to go to a porno theater. Neither uh, did he. This was the 90s. Um, It was either like like 89 or 90. I've, home video is well established. You can jerk off in your own home. That's the point of home video porn. Yeah, that's why it was such a big deal and such a billion dollar thing is that people don't want to go do this in public. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was like on the road and, uh, you know, he uh, he was feeling a little uh, a little lonely, rambunctious, a little frisky. I, I guess. I mean, it's but uh, like. The thing is, if he was just an actor or whatever, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. But the fact that he was doing a kids program, even though it's a kids program that I don't know any kids that watched the show. It was you didn't know stoner kids, huh? Yeah. It, well, it was more it was more like stoner teenagers and uh, adults that watched the the, the show it wasn't so much really children that watched the show. So uh, I, I think that, um, you know, it was it was right for him to kind of. Uh, go off the radar for a little while. But uh, I, I think that at this point, much like he jokes about it, like he shouldn't really be villainized about that anymore. It's such a like just dumb, stupid, silly thing. You know, it's it's not like, uh, you know, Mike Vick, who um, was was training dog was was driving around neighborhoods and kidnapping dogs and training them to kill each other like that. It, it, that's a different level of bad. What he, he got busted jerking off. What about the other equally embarrassing mega superstar, David Hasselhoff, drunk trying to eat a sloppy hamburger off the floor? Did that taint how – now, different different generations know Hasselhoff from different things. Like, I grew up with Hasselhoff, you know, seeing him in Star Crash and some of the lower-end movies that he did, and then, you know, Knight Rider – and then into Baywatch. A lot of people know him from Baywatch and then the newer stuff that he's done. Did seeing a, a drunk, pathetic, can't even hold a hamburger, David Hasselhoff, taint how you saw him? Or was he already too much of a joke after Nick Fury? Uh, I didn't care because I know I, I've been to plenty of parties and uh, I used to, like, I, I quit drinking a long time ago. But uh, when I was younger, I, I drank and I did a lot of dumb shit. And I'm just happy that there weren't cameras or, you know, that everybody didn't have a camera phone like they do now, because uh, every single dumb thing that you do is going to be on video. Well, so that I'm... for Hasselhoff, though, that was his daughter sending him a message. Well, I know. She, you know th so that was actually not just some random asshole filming him. That was his daughter going, Dad, you have to stop drinking. You have to. This is what you're like. And then somehow Entertainment Tonight got a hold of it and then it broke wild. Right. Well, that's the thing. It was like she wanted to publicly shame him into admitting that uh, he had a, a drinking problem. I don't know if he had a drinking problem or not. I've seen people that are perfectly capable of living normal lives that occasionally have, you know, they'll, they'll drink a little too much and will do something really stupid. So something along those lines. So I don't I don't know. I think that uh, that was more funny and then just more like that was something that was more private that, you know, once again, another thing that really shouldn't have been brought to the public. But but, you know, I mean, she was trying to do a good thing for her father and it ended up just, you know, because nobody 
like wanted him to get help. People were just laughing at him. So really, uh, her thing more or less backfired. Well, he did, from what I understand, clean up. So I guess in the end, it worked out. What about like in the political realm, how you have all these anti-gay Republicans that are all about, you know, gays have no right to marry, blah, 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 blah. And then two months later, they're caught with a male prostitute. Or like Bill O'Reilly talking about uh, the sexual depravity of America and then him sexually harassing Andrea Macris. And, and in, in the lawsuit, she named all the weird sexual shit he wanted her to do. And he's all talking about morals and these sexual deviants in America. What about when it comes from the political realm? Does that completely undercut everything you've been saying? Or Bill O'Reilly's now arguably more popular now than ever. The Andrea Macris lawsuit probably hurt him financially. Public doesn't seem to care that he's a sexual deviant who bitches about how we need to get rid of sexual deviants. I don't remember the name of the guy. I know he was uh, really against, uh, like he was fighting prostitution and all that. And he he got busted with that. um, It was a fairly high profile case in New York. You're a Highlander fan. Remember Amanda from Highland, the Highlander TV series? Mm Mm-hmm. She was one of the people that Bill Clinton had an affair with back before he was president. And she was one of the people that had to testify against him. She got her career by blowing Bill Clinton. Yeah, well, you know, okay, going back to, to Chris Rock, you know, suck my dick. There's a future in it for you. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> where he was talking about Clinton. He's he's so he has so much power that he can make your career just by sucking his dick. I, I think that uh, the, the political thing And uh, the pundits and all them, people like Bill O'Reilly, absolutely should be losing their jobs because it's ridiculous. Like they are going after, uh, you know, uh, all the, you know, gays are wrong, gays are this, that, and the other thing. And and always, I forget what the the term is, but it's the whenever, um, you know, he doth protest too much or something. Whenever somebody tries to pull that kind of nonsense, where uh, they're would you, know, you say oh, they're pulling it out of their ass? Oh, did it, did it, did it. Whenever they're protesting, oh well, you know, gays are wrong and prostitution is wrong. Almost like clockwork, they get busted with uh with a prostitute or a boy or you know a rent boy or something just horrible. And the fact that they're able to spin it, I mean, I remember uh the 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 swagger thing. You know, where, uh, you know, the, I am so sorry. And uh, Jessica Hahn. Jessica Hahn. And he just got ridiculed by Sam Kinison because he was one of the guys that was going after uh, all these filthy, you know, awful comedians. And here's this guy, you know, doing the same, you know, all the same shit that he's telling other people they shouldn't do. And, uh, I and th- have sinned against you, Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see me crying. It's uh, it's it's so bad. I think that uh, the fact that people are willing to give these people another chance when and then and then they continue on the same wavelength, you know, they'll they'll keep going after, uh, you know, pornography or prostitution or whatever. And the fact that people will give them the benefit of the doubt. And it's like people like Bill O'Reilly and whatnot are just, like just awful and it's the fact that they still have a career just as despicable and stupid and shows that people just have really short-term memories when it comes to somebody who they like well when it when it comes to that do you think it's that how people are willing to overlook or able to overlook like whatever they've done and like you said separate the art from the artist 
do you think it's it's more about like with the Victor Silva situation where the the general public like say going into Jeepers Creepers they have no idea it's directed by a pedophile and that it's it, the movie's full of pedophilic imagery or do you think it's more they just don't care and they're like I want to see a monster movie I really think with with something like Jeepers Creepers uh, I would be willing to bet the vast majority of people will, that like his movies first of all probably don't even know his name probably don't even really know you you could they could string together two movies that he's done and they just know oh that's that's that movie with the the monster that that can change its shape and has wings and all that and it and it killed the uh, the Macintosh kid you know <laughs> like they don't like know that I mean the general public and I'm not belittling the general public but a lot of times if it's not Spielberg or it's not James Cameron or Quentin Tarantino the general public really doesn't like care who uh, who the director is they see a movie that looks good and they go see it okay so so you think it's less of a less of a being able to put it aside and more of an ignorance kind of thing yeah i think they just don't know i i'd be willing to bet well i mean our audience is probably a little different because there's more movie fans in it but if you were to go uh like let's i know they've been talking about doing uh, jeepers creepers 3 and if you were to stand outside of the theater and ask people when they went in the theater, you know, do you know that Victor Silva is a uh, convicted pedophile? They probably at first thing they would be like, is he starring in this movie? <laughs> and they wouldn't know that he was the director. And then second of all, like they or they just wouldn't flat out wouldn't know who he is at all. The last one we're going to talk about is one that has not been proven. So I am putting the allegedly in front of this. There, again, like the Bill Cosby thing, there are so many allegations, though. You kind of have to give a little weight to there's a lot of kids that are saying this happened. So it's probably more true than it's not. And that would be Brian Singer. The whole Brian Singer likes young teenage boy, underage teenage boys at his after parties. Do you think that because I know Fox went into major spin control mode after the last X-Men movie because the the official lawsuit came out like two weeks before that. Do you, do you uh, think like Brian Singer? Brian Singer's a relatively big name. The X-Men movies are huge hits. Do you think with the whole Brian... I mean, we knew Brian Singer was gay, but the fact that he likes young, young boys, like 15-year-old boys, do you think that taints this? I mean, do you think like Fox is going to go into damage control mode with the new with the new X-Men movie coming out or is there are they just kind of hoping nah, this will blow over I, I think unless he gets caught with his hand in the proverbial cookie jar like unless the uh, this lawsuit really comes through and it ends up because uh, because from what I under, from what I gather right now it's still you know in the alleged stages it's all he said she said stuff or he said he said stuff. So I, I don't know. I don't think um, I think that they're probably hoping it will blow over. But um, but if it does go through and he gets convicted or something, then uh, I think they're going to have a really, really hard time on their hands because uh, he is a, a very good director and he's made some really great movies that have made them a lot of money. He also made Superman Returns. Ugh. He also made Superman Returns, which is one of the worst superhero movies ever. And that includes... Uh, Quest for Peace. Yeah, that in exactly. That includes Quest for Peace. So uh, I, I think that... Um, well, I mean, hey, man, everybody screws up once in a while. That was a huge... <laughs> Superman Returns was a huge screw up, dude. It was a huge screw up. But again, there was a lot riding on that. I mean, they had... They had built a set 
in Australia for uh, Metropolis. They were going to film three. Mo- they were going to film three Superman movies, and then after the movies were done, they were going to open Metropolis as a theme park where you could actually go and like walk around the real Metropolis. And the movie was such a bomb that they immediately just went and destroyed all the stuff that they spent. Van Helsing did the same thing. That that entire Transylvanian village was built. All practical, plumbing and everything. The idea was they were going to have a prequel TV series, you know, because it was by Universal and NBC, just called Transylvania, that would be about Dracula and the, the three vampirises rise. And then when, when Van Helsing completely tanked, it was, you just tear it down. And that's a shame because everybody was wrong. Van Helsing is an amazing movie. Van Helsing is garbage, but the Van sets Helsing. were great. Van Helsing is an amazing movie. I will not. That's another okay, one. Okay, people, I you not... wanted the moment where sets is wrong. <laughs> that's it. I have a feeling that there is going to be more people that dis- that that agree with you on this one. That's but because I I'm love. Right. Yeah, you're 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 not right. Theater. I wanted to like that movie, but wow. No. I loved Van Helsing. I I bought Van Helsing like three times because they had uh, I bought it on. You're on the DVD. one. I, I know, right? I bought it on DVD and then they released it uh, on on Blu-ray and then I bought like the Steelbook Blu-ray. Love Van Helsing. Still sad that that's uh, that they stopped it at one. But anyway, but, but, but beyond that, back uh, to Brian Singer. Talking? Oh, um, uh, back to Brian Singer. I think that uh, Disney's just going to kind of wait and see right now. 20th Century Fox. 20- oh, fuck. God damn. I always... The X-Men well, see, movies now, are Fox, not Disney. I know. The X-Men movies are Fox. Well, the, the thing is... Because you're just <laughs> thinking Marvel is Disney. I, I keep screwing up because there's so... Well, when because there's so many comic book movies anymore. If it's not, uh, you know, if it's not DC... It's pretty much you know Disney's owning them. I keep forgetting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still uh, Fox with the with with uh, the X Men and Fan Four Stick and and Fan Four Stick, which I just bought on Blu-ray. Do you think Fox is riding way too much on this? Because they've got Age of Apocalypse coming out. All it's going to take is there have already been I think three boys that have come forward. All it's going to take is one more boy to come forward right before Age of Apocalypse. Brian Singer's career is probably over. There's only so much Fox can cover him on if he's into underage boys, you know. Uh, I they're, think they're they're risking a lot. Okay, here's here's my feelings on on that. If right before uh, the movie comes out, if somebody else comes forward and says that uh, he was molested, uh, I think that it will hurt the movie a little bit. It'll ruin his career, but I think that the movie will probably still be a huge hit because it the X Men is too big of a franchise and i think in this case there'll probably be a lot of people that don't care you know it's as as horrible as that is i think there's a lot of people that are like well it sucks but you know i'm not gonna not see an x-men movie are you are you able to separate the man from the art even if it's like a victor silva or a mel gibson in general where do you place yourself I can usually separate the uh, the art from the artist. Um, it's uh, it, it's difficult sometimes. I'm not going to say that uh, that it's you know easy. That uh, you know I can't you know uh, if they've done some horrible things. But with uh, stuff like the Cosby Show and with stuff like you know the X Men movies and whatnot, they there are hundreds of other people that have worked on these, and it's really. It's it's rough to to basically say, oh, well, you know what? One person screwed over this entire thing. 
so I, I usually try to be objective on it. And I know that uh, a lot of people will will be, oh, my God, how can you, you know, what, what does that mean that you're uh, defending that person? No, I'm saying what they've done is horrendous. What they've done is wrong. What they've done, they should be punished for. But should everyone else involved in that same project, uh, in that same thing, be uh, like, uh, be disassociated, be thrown under the bus as well. The only, you know what, I will say there's one time where I actually, um, I, I have a, I have a really hard time disassociating the art from the artist. And, uh, there's a band called Lost Prophets and the lead singer was caught. And I believe I'm pretty sure he was convicted for fucking a baby in the ass that I like that. I, and I really enjoy their music, but that one is a little different because he's the front man. So you hear his voice and it's just, oh my, like I, I just, that one that I, I just can't, I guess maybe because it's, it's, a, you know, it's five guys. And because like, if he was maybe the drummer or something, but I mean, but when you hear the song, you hear his voice and you know what he did, that one is one where as much as I've tried, I, I can't, uh, you know, I can't separate the two. So I guess even I have have limits. And see, to me, I, I do have a hard time separating the art from the artist that I, I think, especially if your personal life is less of your personal life and more of your public life, like somebody like David Hasselhoff and Mel Gibson and Bill Cosby, they live part of their life in the limelight, not just in their movies, but when they're out and whatnot. To a degree, they're giving up more of their personal life and their privacy. So I think it does affect how I look at them because that's what they were asking me to do until they got caught doing something terrible. So I think the art and the artist should be should be put together. But I know I'm probably in the minority because a lot of people are still going to enjoy Cosby Show reruns and things like that. I, I, I haven't tried to watch – I grew up watching I Spy. I don't I haven't tried to watch an I Spy episode since this whole Bill Cosby thing started. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can watch Hickey and Boggs again and, and do it. I don't know. Because to me, I'm gonna see a guy that was raping chicks between takes. So that's me. Cecil, where can people find you if they want more of your wicked opinions? If you want more of my stuff, you can find me at escapistmagazine.com, goodbadflicks.com, Facebook, Twitter, and all your uh, favorite social media type places. You can find me at 1201beyond.com. You can contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold.
Radio Drome is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.